Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Alaska Department of Labor and Workforce Development podcast series, where you'll hear all about how the department helps Alaskan workers, job seekers, businesses, and communities. I'm Jason Caputo, and my guest today is the Division of Vocational Rehabilitation Director, Dwayne Mays. And today we're going to be talking about the Work Matters Task Force. Dwayne, thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Now, we we just heard from you um, a little while ago, and we said we were going to have you come back on and talk about uh, services for businesses, which we still intend to do. But something happened in the meantime that's really exciting and very important. So we need to get you right back in here. And that is that the Department of Health and Social Services and the Department of Labor and Workforce Development got together and created this Work Matters Task Force. Uh, I was hoping you could just give us a brief overview of what is this task force. So there are 24 members to the task force and then of course supporting cast. So uh, I actually am the chair to the task force and you know, I'm the director for the Alaska Department of Labor Workforce Development. So. I was asked by our commissioner, Dr. Tamika Ledbetter with uh, Alaska Workforce Development, Department of Labor, as well as uh, Adam Crum, who's the commissioner for the Department of Health and Social Services. So I chair that. And so we have, uh, when I was looking at the number of people that called in, it was about 38 people. So we were very happy, but 24 official members of the task force. And it includes, uh, you know, members and directors from the Department of Labor, the Department of Health and Social Services, specifically to the Division of Juvenile Justice. And then there's the Division of Behavioral Health, Senior Disability Services. We have the Department of Education. There is a representation from them, the Department of Transportation, the Department of Administration in terms of personnel, five Alaskans with disabilities, three employers that are part of that task force, and then a variety of beneficiary boards, the State Independent Living Council, the Governor's Council on Disabilities and Special Education, the Alaska Mental Health Board, the Alaska Board of Alcohol and Drug Abuse, uh, and then the Governor's Council on Disabilities and Special Education. So uh, pretty excited as the, the chair to that task force, but we just had our last, our first meeting on March 16th, and uh, we're going to have three more over the next 12 months. So uh, excited about the task force, and we're addressing competitive and integrated employment of Alaskans with disabilities. That's what it's about. What can we do to really enhance that? Wow, that, that is, <laughs> that <laughs> is a, a huge group of people. Um, and I could see why you've been picked for, for a number of reasons, but one of the most basic is that I know you have experience working at the Department of Health and Social Services at a very high level, and then you're also working now at the Department of Labor at a high level. So you probably have, uh, know a lot of these people already and have been working with them. Um, but how do you, um, is it a challenge to bring all these different facets together um, to, to work on one problem? How was that first meeting? Actually, I was very happy. I mean, I uh, when I looked up on the screen, we did this virtually, obviously, because we're uh, addressing and dealing with the pandemic. Many of us are teleworking. Uh, but looking up on the screen, we had a lot of people, directors, uh, deputy commissioners, 
directors of the boards and uh, we had a, a well-engaged audience of members. The uh, five uh, last ones with disabilities were very engaged. The three employers showed up and stayed for three hours oh, and wow. they were very engaged. So um, I, I really was, I, I walked away from that knowing, okay, um, we got our A game going. I think we now are going to be able to truly address all programs, all policies that have to do with the employment of last ones with disabilities. That's fantastic. Yeah, and business owners, they do not have time to just waste. They Time is, is money. <laughs> and so if they were there for three hours and they felt it was valuable, that's an, uh, an amazing sign. Um, so so you say it's it's about addressing that integrated uh competitive employment. Can you, can you, for those listeners who may not be familiar with those terms, can you talk about what integrated and competitive means? Sure. So uh, Alaskans with disabilities, uh, working side by side uh, with those Alaskans without disabilities in uh, Alaska businesses, uh, in state government, the federal government here in Alaska, in positions that actually pay minimum wage or more. And so we're working side by side with those that are not disabled. That's really who we are as a, as a state, competitive and integrated employment. Real working jobs. By, yeah, mm. Real jobs, mm. real jobs paying good pay, good money. Right. And, and, a, and a good value to the employers who, who mm. are, are hiring them. So what led to the creation of this task force? Why, why is the state doing this? Well, there's a little bit of history uh, so I, I'll start with that. Uh, and so let me go back to the year 2014. And this, I believe, was under the Parnell administration. And at that time, uh, I was the director for, within the Department of Health and Social Services, Division of Senior and Disability Services. So at that time, there was a bill uh, brought forward to the Alaska legislature by the Governor's Council on Disabilities and Special Education. And it was a bipartisan bill uh, on both sides, uh, both Republican and Democrat got behind it and it passed. And it was called the uh, Alaska becomes the first employment first state. So uh, employment first for Alaska with disabilities in this state, the provision of publicly funded services in Alaska to people with disabilities, the first and preferred outcome is competitive and integrated employment. And the other piece to that bill is that we would actually track our performance from year to year with those relevant divisions and departments, Department of Education, the Department of Health and Social Services, and the Department of Labor. And so there are divisions that either directly or indirectly uh, address the employment of Alaskans with disabilities. So they would report uh, at the end of the calendar year the outcomes, the numbers of Alaskans with disabilities that went to work, as well as any policy changes for the better. And all this would be packaged into a report and it goes to the Alaska Mental Health Trust and it goes to the commissioners for the Department of Labor and Health and Social Services. So they're able to see what does that look like as we evolve as an employment for a state. So that was in 2014. Well, the other, so fa fast forward to 2018, Alaska, uh, the Department of Labor Workforce Development took the lead and it was the vision of vocational rehabilitation to repeal Alaska's sub-minimum wage regulation. At that time, we were only the third state in the country to do that. So we should be very proud of that. 
Um, and then uh, the other piece of that is, you know, I should state is that the Division of Vocational Rehabilitation led that effort. So now competitive and integrated employment is front and center. Uh, we don't have, we're not uh, in certain situations on a contractual basis paying Alaskans with disabilities sub, uh, below minimum wage. So that's pretty exciting. exciting. Then in the same year, we sent a team from Alaska to the National Governors Association Employment Learning Lab. So the U.S. Department of Labor at the federal level created this lab to the National Governors Association, and we sent a team there to identify specifically what are the recommendations that can help Alaska to further enhance their, their employment programs for Alaskans with disabilities. So the team went to that came back and one of their recommendations was to create this task force, the Work Matters Task Force. So in 2019, there were, uh, the federal government created a, a national contractor referred to as the State Exchange on Employment and Disabilities, SEED is the acronym. And so uh, they came to Alaska to further discuss the formation of that task force. So as a result of that history, we then approached this administration, this governor, to seek his support, as well as support of the most significant, the most relevant departments in government, health and social services and labor. So that happened. And so all that led to this task force. So just a little bit of history as to how it actually came to be. Right. I think that's very important to know because you, you, when you have all those people, those high level people spending time doing something, you don't just do that on a whim, but you, you kind of just explained how <clears throat> this is built on a long uh, history of moving in this direction successfully and, and getting the information to find out how can we make this happen? How can we get more Alaskans with disabilities working in, in real jobs and valuable jobs to employers. So I think that's that's really helpful to know. So you approached the governor, uh, this governor, Governor Dunleavy, with that. What what was the response? Is Does the governor support it? Absolutely. Um, actually, and so I, it is a privilege and an honor to be a part of this administration. So it was not a heavy lift. Uh, he absolutely gets it. And he uh, put together a letter dated February 11th of this year. And I, you know, I'm not going to read you the letter, but there is a section letter I think is very relevant to uh, this podcast interview. And that's that he says in his letter, employment is the most direct and cost-effective means to empower individuals with disabilities to achieve independence and economic self-sufficiency my administration seeks to improve and enhance the recruitment, hiring, advancement, and retention of individual disabilities through the state as a model employer. So that's the other piece. You know, there was legislation a long time ago whereby um, it passed that the state will become a model employer in hiring Alaskans with disabilities. So his letter of support really helped me to really gain the membership of the of the task force. When they saw that the governor was behind it and they saw that the two commissioners were behind it, they were ready to step up and be a part of the solution. That's fantastic. So that's great. So so we kind of hear now, just to sum up, we, we, a lot of information there, where you got this group of 
widespread throughout state government, leaders in state government, businesses, people with disabilities coming together on this task force, um, working to figure out how can we make it so, how can they make it so that more people, Alaskans with disabilities, get into the workforce, make a good wage, um, businesses have valuable employees. We've got less people who need benefits. So there's less uh, people are, are contributing to the economy um, by working. Um, the governor supports it. Now, let's get down to the brass tacks of what specifically is this task force going to try to do? What, what are the outcomes going to be from this work? Excellent uh, question. And I know many people are no wanting to ask that question. They hear that we have this task force. So what are you going to do? Yeah. And uh, so um, the state as a model employer of individual disabilities. So think about that. Provisional hire is a component within the state system whereby hiring managers can hire people with disabilities working through the division of vocational rehabilitation to create that pro to put into place that process to make that happen. So provisional hire within the state system, building the capacity of the private sector to enhance employment opportunities for individual with disabilities is a second task that we are going to address, priority that we're gonna address. Designing youth transition programs, providing career development, work-based learning experiences and parental involvement. So what are we doing to really prepare youth with disabilities coming out of the educational system and having some kind of awareness of what work looks like, the value of work, work matters. Establishing the Employment First initiatives, recognizing that work in the general workforce as in competitive and integrated employment is the first and preferred outcome in the provision of publicly funded services and supports of all working age individuals with disabilities including individuals with the most significant of disabilities. Everyone can work. And you may have somebody with multiple disabilities, but the belief is that they have value, work matters, and they can work. Implementing a stay at work and return to work policy program for individuals who become ill or injured on or off the job. So with the pandemic, telework now being such a significant aspect of our world, what can that do for people with disabilities that may struggle to get from point A to point B? You know, the, the value of telework, work matters. Enhancing rural traditional skill development, such as subsistence, self-employment, et cetera. So what are we doing to really address the value of employment using some of those innovations that have occurred in the past specific to rural Alaska? self-employment. What does that look like? And then, of course, I would say that the, with the national contractor, SEED, State Exchange on Employment and Disabilities, uh, they're going to be a part of this. They're doing this in other states. And I'm a fan of looking to what other states are doing. So what models have you implemented that actually are working? So uh, save us time, uh, not having to reinvent the wheel, bring some of those possible models to Alaska to really improve the, the, the value of competitive and integrated employment. So I, I'm not going to cover all of that, but that'll give you a taste of what we're going to try to accomplish through the next 12 months in terms of deliverables, if you will. Right. There are a lot, a lot of really concrete uh, 
concrete ideas that are building a lot of it building on what has what what you have found to work in the past both in this state and other states so it's you've got these these things that you want to make sure we're implementing correctly here so it's it really does sound very grounded which i would imagine is um, important when you have such a vast, I mean, it really is a vast initiative when you look at all those people involved. And I know that <clears throat> you've been talking very much now, we've both been talking about what you're doing at this very high level um, that's going to trickle down throughout all these different agencies. Um, and you've talked about the concepts, but I know that you're no, you also have come up through the disability system I've worked directly with people with disabilities, and I was wondering if you might have a story that really, a specific story that really brings home uh, on a personal level, what is this all about? What, is there something you can share that kind of shows a picture of the type of change that can happen uh, when someone with a, a disability um, gets these services, when we get these services right and we can help someone um, with a disability? You bet. I would, so I'll share with you uh, a story. Uh, this, my parents are deaf, uh, and I, I mentioned that in the last uh, podcast interview with you. They both communicate through American Sign Language. So they are, and the term you, I often will use, they're culturally deaf because they hang out with other deaf people because they want to be able to have ease of communication through American Sign Language. We grew up in a small little farm town in Wisconsin, Dairyland, they call it Holy Land. It's a very specific area of the state where there's a lot of farming going on. And the town that I grew up in was referred to as New Holstein, Wisconsin. So there you go, you know, Cowtown USA was the acronym that they often use. So there was a, a farmer and his wife who had a son that uh, was born deaf, uh, much younger than my dad. And my dad would often say, let's go see Art. His name was Art. So I'd hop in the car with my dad, we'd drive out there and uh, we would hang out with Art. And so Art loved it because he is fluent in ASL. He was able to talk to my dad and talk with me. And so I really enjoyed him. He was just, a, he was very engaging. He would always give me a hug and I just was so impressed with him. And uh, he was, he wrestled, he was a wrestler for the Delavan School for the Deaf in Wisconsin. So just to kind of give you an idea. Well, I move on, you know, I go to college and I get my bachelor's and master's degree in vocational rehabilitation. And along that journey, I found out uh, when I graduated from college and then went to Alaska that Art suddenly lost all of his eyesight. He was diagnosed with Usher syndrome. And so he dramatically lost his eyesight. And in my mind, I'm thinking, there's nothing that this guy's going to be able to do. He's deaf. He's blind. And I just, I felt terrible about that. So I move on with my life and I'm in Alaska and I fly to the East Coast and I go to Gallaudet University and it's a deaf college where the majority of students on that campus are deaf and they're attending a variety of whatever major they have. As I'm walking across campus, I look up and I see art. So I walk over to him and I tap him on his shoulder and he puts his hand up about shoulder level. And so I started signing and he's, he's following my hands and he signs to me, who are you? And I said, my name is Dwayne Mays. 
he throws his arms around me and he picks me up off the ground and he just starts crying. And of course I did the same thing because I hadn't seen him in a long, long time. And so I asked him, I said, Art, what are you doing? And he says, I'm a professor. I went to college and I got my PhD and I do national presentations throughout the country. And I was speechless thinking, I can't, I, here I thought that he was probably just going to be sitting at home. His parents would have to provide 24-7 care for him. And he lost his eyesight, and he just said, oh, well. And he goes off to college. He adopts. He gets his Ph.D., and he's highly recognized now on a national level. That, uh, to me, really defines the Alaska Work Matters Task Force. Uh, anybody, doesn't matter what type of disability you have or if it's multiple disabilities, you bring value, the value of work. And so he was very proud of his accomplishments. That really tells me a lot about what we're trying to accomplish here in Alaska, the, 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 the power of work. Wow, that is, that is very, very powerful. Um, thank you so much, uh, Director Mays, for joining us. I think that does bring it, bring it very clear, the vision that... Um, what this task force is hoping to do for more and more Alaskans with disabilities. Uh, I probably should mention too, that if you're listening to this podcast and you have a disability and you're, you're saying, well, yeah, I want that kind of help. I need that kind of help. I'm trying to work. I can't work. The division of vocational rehabilitation. We're talking to the director right now. This is, he is the director of that agency. They can help. Alaskans with disabilities get and keep a good job. We'll put the information in the description of this podcast so you can get the telephone number, the website. Um, also, I'll give it to you now. It's labor.alaska.gov forward slash DVR. Um, so if you're thinking about, hmm, is this for me? Give a call. They're waiting for your call and they can talk you through um, how the program can help you. This has been the Alaska Department of Labor and Workforce Development podcast series. Thank you, Director Mays, for talking with us about the Work Matters Task Force today. We look forward to hearing about the accomplishments of this task force in the future. And thank you, listeners, for joining us. We hope you found the show informative and that you'll join us again for our next podcast. Thank you, Jason.